Welcome back, perfect peeps, to Perfect Dev. Today on the show, we have Chris Biscardi. Hey, Chris, how's it going? Is great. How are you, Chris? Doing all right. Awesome. Uh, Chris teaches people how to write Rust, work with serverless, and take advantage of the Jamstack. He's an independent consultant with two major products, Toast and Sector, whose talks can be viewed at a variety of conferences such as QCon, GopherCon, and more. That one was tricky to say, GopherCon. Chris <laughs> runs the Party Corgi Network, a community of practice, and is an MDX maintainer. That is awesome and a mouthful. I love it. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on, Chris. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks we're, for having me. We're going to dive into MDX today. Are you excited? I am. I'm hyped. I mean, <laughs> I love MDX. So. <laughs> MDX is amazing. And uh, actually, we started using it on Coding Cat Dev for the rewrite. So even more, I wanted to have you on the show. So this is perfect timing. Uh, anything before we get started, Brittany, Chris, any thoughts? Excited to be here. Excited to talk about MDX. <laughs> Ready to go. Oh, great. Cool. All right. So um, what is MDX? First of all, people are probably like, what are you talking about? Um, so MD is often known as Markdown. And then the MDX side of that is, can I say safely Markdown in JSX? Is that fair yeah, to say? That's fair. Okay, cool. So um, reading off the site, the, the blurb says MDX is an authorable format that lets you seamlessly write JSX in your markdown documents. You can import components such as interactive charts or alerts and embed them within your content. This makes writing long form content with components a blast. Rocket emoji. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Got to have the emoji. Yeah, for sure. Emojis always make it better. <laughs> so cool um so yeah why why mdx instead of markdown that's that's first question on the bat yeah um i guess i could give my my historical experience and how i came to mdx um i was building a bunch of design systems starting design system teams at various places and things like that um and we had things like documentation and um we used to use things like uh, Storybook and whatnot. And uh, back then, Storybook wasn't as far along. They didn't have MDX support, obviously, because MDX wasn't a project yet. Um, but it was always really frustrating to like take these components and try to write documentation for them and not be able to take like the markdown I'm writing, which is this nice format that I don't really have to like write a bunch of tags for and whatnot. And then like just even display any of the things that we had built. Um, and write code block documentation, any like interactive mm -hmm. rebels and stuff like that on top of that was like an extreme amount of work. So um, John and a couple other people uh, came up with MDX. Uh, this is like the uh, end of a long chain of people attempting to try to build something like MDX, but not quite getting there. Um, and then, yeah, later that year, I found it. I built the Gatsby uh, plugin for MDX and then became a maintainer. And um, so yeah, MDX is, why MDX over Markdown? Um, because it enables you to do things uh, with the frameworks and tools that you're already using um, to add interactivity and make a more comprehensive documentation or blogging or whatever you're working on, any more interactive and immersive content experience. Very awesome. Like, great description. Um, when you say John, I always hear different people like created MDX. Who are we talking about? John Otender. Okay. Who is the uh, BDFL, I guess, if you were going to call him that, of MDX. <laughs> okay. And if you don't know that acronym, because I used an acronym, uh, it's Benevolent Dictator for Life. It's kind <laughs> of like an open source term of like the person that created the project who is still around and still technically owns the project. I was going to let that one go, even though I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Very cool. Uh, very good description on MDX over MD. Um, so I wrote a, a dev, dev2 post. Do we call it that? Dev, I guess. Um, just trying to get some like, hey, is, is MDX dirty markdown? Just to see if someone would like bite and like we could go back and forth on it and, and they could dive in a little more and I didn't get much. But I always struggle like when you start running MDX, you're actually, your mind has to kind of 
shift a little bit, I think. And it goes from, okay, you, you were writing Markdown and you occasionally would have like HTML in your Markdown, which is okay, not great. And then when you switch to MDX, it's like, you're just writing JSX with Markdown. Like it's, it's almost a flip in your mind, if you will, because you you have to think about all those components that you're using. And like when you go to export it, unless you're using a tool to pull all those components back out and then just keep the Markdown. So like, let's say all of our posts, Brittany, that, that we're writing on, on Coding Cat, if we want to take those to dev2 directly like we would either have to take the html version over to markdown and i i kind of i'm curious chris like what's what's your thoughts and Brittany, feel free to chime in like what what's what's that kind of thought process when markdown seems to be pretty capable of you know i could i could take it over to dev2 i could take it to github but once i i make that switch to to MDX, like it, it's a big change. I can't quite move that around as easily. Yeah, sure. Um, I think that the portability of Markdown is really great. Um, if you aren't familiar with the common mark spec, the way that came about is basically somebody wrote a Perl script originally, and that's what Markdown was. And then everybody else wrote their own implementations of Markdown, which all did slightly different things. Uh, so if you added a space here, it became a code block for some reason and in other implementations was not. And then this heading tag could in. Yeah. Anyway, um, there's a lot of implementations of Markdown out there. And that's basically what the common mark spec is, right? It's a, it's a consolidation of what is the like happy path where we can write a spec that satisfies as many of the implementations as possible and sort of iron out some of the ambiguities. Um, that said, if you use like a subset of Markdown, like uh, ATX headings, which are the hashtag headings, if you're unfamiliar with that term, um, like fenced code blocks, which are the backtick code blocks, and like things like that, like the real basics, the bolding, the underlines, that kind of stuff, um, that really works everywhere, which is really, really nice. Um, once you start getting into other features, uh, like tables, for example, tables don't work everywhere. Tables work on GitHub. Um, you have to actually add an extension for that. Um, there's something in the common mark spec called auto linking. And if you add a greater than and less than symbol on the other side of each of a link, it will automatically link that for you. GitHub takes that a step further and safe lists a set of domains that you can actually auto link without those. Um, so what you end up with is a situation in which if you use a subset of markdown or a subset of the total uh, amount of markdown that is out there in the world, uh, you can take it anywhere, really, right? But it also constrains you. So there's already precedent for we need tables, we need uh, et cetera, whatever. Uh, bidirectional linking is something that people are really into these days. Uh, that's an extension to markdown. And uh, JSX is just another extension to markdown. So not all markdown flavors work in all places. Uh, but if that's your concern, then scope it down to the set that works in all places then you lose out so much functionality it's like i can't win yeah you can't get the dynamic <laughs> pieces and have the modularity so true yeah <laughs> and i mean that's kind of the point of markdown right markdown was written as a as sort of a language to not have to write any html tags or anything right. like that right um yeah. to make the content that you write just as readable as it would be on some website mm -hmm. so adding other things into that makes it less readable. And it's kind of like, okay, how purist of a markdown person do you want to be? Right. <laughs> right. No, that's, that's very true. It's interesting. Um, kind of making this switch too, because uh, I was writing uh, our old site, uh, the Gatsby based version um, from sanity.io. And mm -hmm. they, they talk about, um, Oh, what's the term? Uh, portable text uh, a lot. And when I when I took a look at MDX the first time, I'm like, wow, this is this is really similar. Like it's starting to block things in, but still having that markdown feel to it. It, it doesn't take it to that same degree. So if you ever look at um, like JSON LD or like mm -hmm. some of those language based items where they describe each chunk of it, um, my head starts to float around and, and think like, oh, maybe all these component pieces are just another type of that and i guess when i when i go look at at that portable text version insanity and i say 
oh, that video thing's gross and this thing's gross. And then I realized, oh, well, in, in MDX, that's just the component thing. And so mm-hmm. now like having kind of going back and forth, I'm trying to, I love writing in MDX, by the way, before, before I like <laughs> go down this trail, I'm just trying to express to people like <laughs> what to think about. Um, but my head starts to go, okay, well, our, our most current version is on WordPress, which we're getting off of for many reasons. Um, and it's like, well, it's really nice to be able to go from like medium, copy some stuff, paste it and boom, you're in. Right. So I guess that was a really long winded thought, but I'm curious uh, on where like we take MDX, if especially in coding cat, if I want to take and, and copy some things over, I think we talked about like coding blocks, for instance, mm-hmm. like I could just leave that as the triple back tick and throw it in as is, and then like parse it later on. But does, is it, I know it's going to be a preference thing, but I guess I'll ask your preference. Is it better for you to do like a full on component where you could have interactive code and everything else when you're writing that? Or would you leave it as that kind of triple back tick code of some kind? So, yeah, I mean, as you, as you said before, it's going to be like a personal preference kind of thing, right? It depends. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, I think Chris is a consultant guys. Uh, personally, I stick with the triple backticks, um, and then I write a component that sort of implements an interactive renderer on top or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, especially with the triple backticks, you can pass additional information in what's called the info string. Uh, so you do backtick, 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 and then usually a language is the first thing that's specified there, and then a space, and then everything after that is kind of considered like the uh, meta string or info string, uh, depending on which implementation you're looking at. Um, so you can pass any information there that you want. Um, in MDX, we serialize those as props that you can pass to whatever component that you use in your MDX provider. So we haven't mentioned MDX provider yet. Um, MDX provider is something that you can put at the root of a page or an application or higher in the tree than the thing that you're rendering. Um, and you can just replace these components as they are trying to be rendered, right? So you get this fenced code block. It gives you like a pre-code tag um, and you can just replace how that works by giving the pre-tag a new component, right? Um, so that's the way that I prefer to do things. It keeps your markdown fairly portable, as you were saying before. Um, and then there's the other side of things where it's like, eventually everybody wants to extend markdown in some way, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you have a choice at that point. You can either go with syntax extensions and write AST manipulation code, or you can go with, something like JSX, which is a standardized extension, right? So like, if you want to write something on the page that does a thing, that does a table, that does anything, right? You can use the JSX syntax to do that, right? And then you just replace that component when it runs and you get whatever you want, right? You could even replace that component to not render anything or to just render children, right? So you could have these disappearing components if you want to copy and paste the result to another platform. Um, but yeah, so syntax extensions, AST manipulation, you can still do that in MDX, but in general, uh, asking end users to do AST manipulation to like implement new syntax blocks and add things yeah. if you are trying to do that kind of thing, right? Because not everybody is thinking about Markdown on the, on the level of a spec, right? So they'll just be like, oh, I just want this one little addition and one little addition, and then those two additions don't combine well. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you have a problem and you have to choose one. Um, but JSX is like effectively a standardized implementation of what people usually refer to as short codes. So if you're not familiar with short codes, usually there's some custom syntax. If you look at the ones that are implemented in WordPress, it's basically like JSX-esque, but doesn't use like the greater than less than symbols. It uses like uh, square brackets usually. Um, and then tries to like put props in the middle. And like, yeah, so using something that's a little standardized across I don't know, like Hugo and Gatsby and Next and WordPress and whatever, like standardizing that extension to Markdown and that method of doing that um, in a way that everybody is already familiar with if you're a UI developer or whatnot um, is actually pretty powerful. Yeah, and if you're already in React world, it makes sense to be writing JSX. Yeah. I think that's probably, I mean, maybe, again, my opinion, 
the most powerful part to this is that you're already there and when you want to extend it boom you're you're in react right to your point Brittany. like it's all is there any way to compile the mdx file down to just html without the dynamic pieces so that you could use it in other places yeah so like i said before uh However, you do your rendering, like you could just write a rendered string script in Node. Oh, right? okay. You don't need you don't need like Gatsby or Next or whatever. Like everything yeah. is built on React rendered string, right? So you stick an MDX provider around the MDX content that you're going to render, and then you just decide to either if it's like a container JSX component, you can just render the children, um, and like you can just decide how that works, right? Yeah. You can you can remove the interactivity uh, when it renders to the HTML. Okay. Um, people do this for email, actually. Okay. Um, I don't think there's any public repo awesome. that uh, currently does that, but there are I- private implementations that I've seen that uh, okay. people render to like MJML. Very cool. Um, so I'm going to hopefully share my screen here. Just to, so for folks on the audio, I apologize. This is one of those visual things, but. Um, <laughs> Let's see here. Always fun. Maybe, maybe. There so this this is kind of the the mdxjs.com main page, and it shows some of what we're talking about. I probably should have showed this a little earlier, but um, so Markdown looks like this. It's this is a header tag with the hashtag, and then uh, bold if I'm <laughs> not too far off here um, <laughs> for the world part of this. Well, you can um, read it right above it. Actually, yes, thank you. <laughs> wow, it's Look italic. Up, actually, <laughs> Look up. Okay, yes, it's italic. Thank you. Um, but the tricky part is often this part, right? And that's that's where JSX kind of comes into play. And this is this is the part I was talking about where you kind of have to be careful and and switch your mind because a normal HTML tag you would not write this style piece like this. So this yeah. is very JSX based um, yep. where you're passing an object. And the first thing we did when we started to implement, um, we had a lot of tailwind kind of leftover things. And I'm like, yeah, this is all just work. And immediately <laughs> it started breaking the render. And it's like, mm-hmm. style cannot have this. And there's all these attributes that are wrong. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> why is my HTML so broken? Well, it wasn't. It just isn't JSX based. Mm -hmm. So that's just one thing I want to highlight. Um, I will bring up Coding Cat for a minute here just to kind of take that smaller example. Can you guys see this okay? I hope. Yeah. Okay. Um, So taking that small example, what were we talking about with the render to string? Um, So we actually take, let me bring up the back end real quick. So here's our, our back end of Coding Cat that we're writing. And it's got a full kind of markdown for this course page. This um, this is usually referred to as front matter. There's probably a more correct term. Is that right, Chris? That's usually referred to as front matter, as far as okay. I know. Cool. Um, so the, the front matter, you can actually parse out pretty easily. And this contains a few of our items. But where we're still where I am still struggling is taking that next kind of leap forward. We actually still are taking like our videos, our main videos and our, our photos and not directly putting them in the JSX. Mm-hmm. However, if we do like an example or something like that, I feel like we will put JSX components uh, directly in the markdown. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of our flavor of it. But long story short, um, this MDX, we then take... Um, so this is the back end and we're storing MDX in, in Firebase. And Chris, we'll talk about uh, how how scary this part is or not <laughs> scary in a second. But um, so that goes out in Firebase. What we were talking about and what Brittany's question was, um, was kind of that render to string piece. Um, so HashiCorp uh, released this little package where you can do the render, render to string. And what I was losing kind of, completely in in my mind um was the fact that i was trying to like reparse this thing get the js like all this <laughs> stuff right and i'm like wait a minute what am i doing like it's just creating html mm-hmm. and so what 
what Chris was talking about. When you take this render to string, we actually pass this as a prop back up through post content. So if we take post and walk it back up to the top up here, um, and Brittany and I just reorged this, so it might take me a, a second to, to find it here. <laughs> but uh, So we pass that post into our new post layout that we just combined. And if I can find the right tag here. So they actually take this hydrate then out of that that uh, that render to string. So this is a full string of HTML that comes in. And it's as simple as we take content somewhere in here. There it is. <laughs> and we just display it. Like it's yep. just raw HTML at that point. So it's pretty it's pretty slick, right? We we go from MDX and have components and all this stuff, and boom, we just have simple HTML content out the other side. Um, some of the stuff in our backlog is, which I don't know if I have this one in there, Brittany. We'll have to put it in later. Um, like when we go to do our RSS feed, there might be things in this content that we don't want, so we'll do some parsing on that side of it too, so that it'll fit better into like the Dev twos of the world. But that's I just want to like quickly show an example of how that all comes together cool oh Streamyard, i am not the most important <laughs> I, always, I i still can't figure out how to make like chris if i do this view like put our guest here oh there I you go did it wow drag and drop guys <laughs> who knew I, if you guys don't use all of all of everyone listening, if you haven't tried StreamYard for stream, it's unbelievable. They just uh, they just announced they were uh, kind of merged in with. Uh, I'm gonna drop the name. I'll look it up later and, and add it in right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So we talked a lot about uh, HTML tags, build time. Some of that we just showed off was the build time. So we took MDX and uh, converted it to HTML on the server and then pushed that off. So we, we had a talk with Guillermo um, Rausch from Next.js on our last podcast. And it came up where we were talking about MDX. And I, I don't know how we posed the question, but um, we were talking about like creating pages at scale. And his thought was maybe MDX isn't great for that. We we kind of thought on it, and Brittany put this question like, "Why? Like, uh, I, am I missing something? Where we're gonna have ten thousand blog pages later and go, why? Why do we do this? <laughs> Are we missing something? Is there something there? Um, is that the question? There's yeah. There. Um. <laughs> so the way that um, like Gatsby and Next work they're all sort of like webpack based. Mm -hmm. um, so they end up having to do a little bit more processing than uh, other locations that would yeah. be kind of more MDX native, um, which is unfortunate, but um, is not insurmountable either. Um, the other thing that I would kind of say is like, what, what is at scale? Like, um, is he saying 10,000 plus pages? Because if you're static rendering 10,000 plus pages, that's already just a problem for the frameworks. <laughs> Right. <laughs> like um in general you don't see a lot of people with 10,000 page static sites going out and being like oh yes I'm going to do this every time um sure. yep. you can look at the benchmarks for various uh frameworks that do that kind of thing um and all of the ones in javascript take quite a while yeah right. um so, so if, we, if you talk about uh mdx performance itself probably the slowest part of mdx is uh, Babel. Hmm. Okay. So if you're if you're if I was going to take a piece of MDX and say like, hey, we should fix like this piece of it to make it more performant, it would be uh, the fact that we throw things through Babel, which is really great in the sense that it gives everybody the JavaScript experience that they are accustomed to in all of their sites, right? And like we said before, kind of like there's not a lot of people doing ten thousand plus page sites, so right. it doesn't matter for most people. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, we have done some work in MDX 2.0 to move to uh, some custom parsing that goes to an ES3 format um, that allows us to get rid of that Babel uh, performance pickup. Oh, so nice. if that's what he was talking about, which, <laughs> you know, 
I, th- I think maybe, but... uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, I think his context is probably more around their plugin that they, they have for MDX files, whereas we're kind of playing oh. directly from Firebase. So it was probably like a New York Times example of many, many pages that they're they're building statically. But we also talked about, um, you know, I, I started to get nervous. Like, I don't I don't want our build <laughs> to go out and do more than like 50 pages. So. Um, you know, there's probably a fine line there somewhere where I just want, you know, our top hitting pages and then like our latest hundred pages, if that, um, to be statically rendered. And then after that, Next.js picks up and does regeneration on the fly. So we don't have to worry about it. But um, yeah. yeah, you talked a little bit about 2.0. And one of one of the things that always comes up for me is um, how quickly different places will adapt. So can we talk a little bit about like what uh, like at MDX slash runtime is versus when I'm talking like HashiCorp, we're, we're using their kind of render to string. Like, are they going to implement at the same time or am I going to have a backend trying to parse version <laughs> 2.0 of MDX? And you know what I mean? Like, will it be yeah, all yeah. over the board or how does, how does that look in the future? Yeah, so I mean, this is something that I am uh, extremely passionate about, having worked in like open source software for the last ten years or so, and like seeing a lot of projects come and go. Right, a lot of projects come, get some growth, and then they they decide to make some breaking changes because people want them to be fixed, and uh, they're like, two is a great time to do that or whatever, um, and that never ends well. <laughs> if you don't give people an upgrade path, uh, then they don't. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. Um, so basically, MDX 2.0, like we have to make a 2.0 because we changed the underlying parser. Um, and technically, that can break edge cases. Um, so that's the reason is 2.0. Um, everything else should be just forward compatible, right? Or backward compatible, depending on, I guess, the direction that you're looking. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really important to me that we don't make like large breaking changes and then fork the ecosystem into like um, next MDX plugin V1 and next MDX plugin V2 because that would be horribly painful for everybody involved and yeah. uh, wouldn't be good for the MDX project either. Yeah. Very cool. Brittany, I think you have some some questions coming up. Do you want to ask them? Yeah. Um, I was going back doing some research for this podcast, listening to some of your older podcasts, and you talk a lot about digital gardens almost to the point to where I feel like you are the initiator of digital gardens and how you did the um, the way you deployed your content, like uh, creating uh, little notes into blog posts and then into videos. And um, what framework would you recommend for someone to get started with right now if they wanted to use MDX to do some kind of digital garden? Yeah. Um, first, I just want to mention that I'm probably not the originator <laughs> of the digital garden concept. So there are plenty of people who have talked about that kind of deployment strategy uh, for their content and I, 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 they deserve credit. Um, <laughs> yes, that's but true. Um, if somebody was just getting started and they wanted to write uh, MDX, um, I think that Next is growing quite fast these days in terms of people who are uh, using MDX and people who are building new sites with that. Um, so that's probably a good bet if you're looking at like one or two years out, like what is the major React framework kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Gatsby plugin MDX is well-worn and battle-tested and uh, does a lot of complicated stuff under the hood that we then took and made MDX core better with. Um, So Gatsby plugin MDX has been around longer. It's probably had more users if you care about um, like all of that kind of stuff. Uh, Maybe Gatsby plugin MDX if you like Gatsby. Uh, But if you're looking towards the future, probably next in the short term. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, and is that next with static, or do you choose next because it's got the choice? Uh, you choose next because the community seems to have made a decision uh, in the Gatsby versus next uh, sort of <laughs> battle, and yeah. that next is going to be the thing that a lot of people move towards. You can even see it in like uh, React's announcement of React server components. Yeah, um, they mention next. In that video, mm-hmm. they don't mention Gatsby or anybody else. Um, actually, they might mention Remix as well. I might be slightly off on that. But 
Um, but next is uh, somebody who gets a lot of play these days compared to other other frameworks and approaches. So okay. yeah, if you're looking then, at something where you can have a community and yeah. like if you have a problem, you can Google it. Exactly. Uh, next yeah. is a fine choice. It's kind of amazing to see like the massive community that was built up around Gatsby and it, it seems like it's trending off of it now. So it'll be, yeah. I'll be curious in the next two years what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. It's always interesting to see uh, sort of software come and go and sort of the reasons it comes and goes. Yeah. <laughs> it is. So, yeah, and that transitions a little bit to um, your new framework that you've created. So you have mm-hmm. an ESM first framework called it's built on Preact called Toast. Mm-hmm. And um, is MDX built into that out of the box? And why not use Toast right now? Why not use Toast? Because we don't have a documentation site and that's kind of intentional because it's still pretty early. <laughs> is it still in like the beta stages, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, it, it, people are using it. People are deploying it. Um, but I don't want to make the uh, statement that it's like ready for any newcomer to MDX that hasn't written React before can just build a site and be happy with it. Like, probably not true. So <laughs> um, I'm sort of like intentionally holding it for the people who are really interested. Um, and if you come into the Discord or whatever, I'll answer like all of your questions. Um, but it toast is still a thing for people who want to put some investment into it. As you said, you can't Google your questions right now. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, how do how do we get our uh, beta like email approved? Is is that something I just say, Chris? Oh, the secret is you actually just have to join the Discord. Um, oh, okay. So the toast Discord, Discord is, party yeah. Discord. The toast Discord. I messed up. Okay. <laughs> no. That's that's the secret key for uh, perfect listeners. Toast.dev <laughs> is right there in the notes. <laughs> Um, But yeah, so Brittany asked if uh, MDX was built in. Um, And the way that Toast works is it takes the opposite approach that, um, like, for example, Gatsby does or Next does, where you always have to have sort of Gatsby plugin MDX or like Next plugin MDX or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You can just use the APIs that you're given from whatever tools that you're using. So if you want to source something, you can use, like you were talking about Sanity earlier, you can just use Sanity's like APIs, go hit them and get the data and then work with it. Like you don't have to toss it all through GraphQL. Same thing with like uh, Markdown or MDX or any of these other formats, right? Um, You can use the MDX package to compile your MDX and then put it wherever you want and use it. Um, So there's no like additional layer of indirection and it all compiles the ES modules. So we don't have to deal with like uh, bundling stuff in Webpack and doing all the extra complicated transforms for it and things like that. And that's what I was wondering, going back to that question earlier about scale, is if we're not dealing with Webpack, would it possibly be better to scale with? Yeah, so um, I have a scale test for Toast, and it builds like a 10,000-page site um, in 40 seconds or something like that. Holy cow. Um, So, like, it's possible. Um, (laughs) You end up running into things like your first deploy on Netlify will be a couple minutes (laughs) because 10,000 new pages. Um, but it turns out that deploys after that are really quick because Netlify does this like diffing on the directory and only actually uploads the new files. So, uh, given the fact that you have ESM stuff and that those files don't really change as often, um, you end up getting fairly fast deploys for like a 10,000 page site, which is kind of wild. Um, on the point of like, is MDX built into toast? Um, that gets to kind of a conversation around the MDX spec and what we're looking at for the future of MDX. So right now I said like you can just use uh, like the MDX package to build your Toast site or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a JavaScript implementation of MDX. We have an MDX spec that we're looking to solidify across multiple languages in the coming year. Um, to that extent, Toast is written in Rust. And the next implementation of MDX is going to be a Rust implementation of MDX. Interesting. So we're hoping that by having these two implementations that we'll be able to uh, solidify that spec a little bit more. And then people will be able to write implementations for their favorite language and adhere to the spec in the same way that you might adhere to like GitHub format markdown spec. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and uh, the Rust version uh, is a lot, lot, 
lot faster than the JavaScript version. Um, Rust is amazing. It, various reasons amazing for that. <laughs> but we're talking like it takes nanoseconds to parse instead of like whatever Babel takes, um, which is much more. <laughs> wow. So um, we'll see what happens with those implementations going into the future. The primary goal is to solidify that spec um, into something that is like, hey, this, what is MDX? This specifically is MDX, right? Nice. Very cool. ASM seems to be kind of where the future of everything is going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think Node already has support as of version 14, and they backported to version 12. Uh, right. All of the evergreen browsers have support. So if you're not supporting Internet Explorer, you can already ship raw ESM to the browser, which <laughs> if you haven't done it yet, I highly suggest trying to do it because um, if you have to debug your site, the first time you debug your site, you're going to go to uh, the network pane and you're going to see your files and the actual code that you wrote. And it's not going to be like a Webpack module 40,000 line file where you have to like dig into it. Wait, uh, is this, and, this is like 1995 all over again? <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Um, so there are a couple other projects um, like Vite. I, I think it's Vite um, doing ESM-based stuff. There's Snowpack doing ESM-based stuff. Um, Snowpack's pretty neat. Yeah, and uh, MDX also supports Vue. So Vite is a Vue project. And uh, yeah. Very ESM cool. is definitely the future. Is it JSX in Vue or is it Whatever mm -hmm. views templating languages. Oh, you can write JSX in. Yeah. I knew you so, could port JSX over, but that blows my mind a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So because MDX kind of targets JSX at this point, uh, we can take advantage of the fact that Vue supports JSX and then write a uh, runtime basically oh, for okay. Vue. That's kind of like um, we didn't mention it earlier, but one of the uh, sort of innovations that the MDX project uh, created as opposed to the other projects that were working on this, was it separated sort of like a compile step and then like a runtime. And the runtime is super light. And the compile step handles stuff for you in that sense. So mm -hmm. you can uh, compile it to target React and JSX, or you can compile it to target Vue and JSX, and uh, hopefully more in the future. But that is really awesome. I know when I'm talking with uh, newer devs coming into React, they always think that, like JSX is React, and mm -hmm. we always have to have like a discussion around that. And I mean, I granted coming from I I was first Angular, um, and every other JS thing before that. Yeah. But switching just more recently to React, it's it is kind of one of those mental shifts that you have to realize like JSX isn't necessarily React. So True. it's kind of fun to to work your head through that. Cool. Yeah. Well, um, any last thoughts before we shift gears into perfect picks? Any MDX items that uh, we haven't talked about? No, I think we hit on everything. Um, expect 2.0 probably in January. So we're hoping before the end of January. Um, Good, because we're running on the at next uh, branch right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been running uh, at next for months now, and it's been uh, stable for me in my use cases. Um, I build not only my, my sites in it, but I, as a maintainer, I build other projects like uh, CMSs on top of MDX. So uh, oh, 2.0 yeah. is solid. <laughs> are, are you able to talk about any of those CMSs that are built on top of it? I mean, I can talk about the one that I've built, but... Because uh, I would MDX. love to remove <laughs> our Firebase MDX portion of our site just to uh, get something better, but maybe we'll talk offline. Yeah, whatever you want. Awesome. Sounds good. All right, let's shift gears. We're into perfect pick zone. So let me uh, let me do a little screen share here. Maybe. There we go. So the first one up, Chris, was our first guest ever to fill out all his perfect picks beforehand. <laughs> uh, I'm so thankful for it. Yes. <laughs> so first up is Bevy. What do what we think about <laughs> it? What's it all about? Uh, yeah, so most of my picks are Rust-related because I do a lot of uh, work in Rust these days. And uh, I was writing a game uh, that everybody is familiar with, or could be familiar with, called Tetris in yeah. Bevy. Uh, and Bevy is a Rust-based game engine. It gives you a couple of things. It gives you uh, an ECS, an Entity Component System. And uh, 
actually kind of fun to work with. It's not as like feature complete as like Godot or Unity or Unreal Engine or anything like that, but it's it's a small fun thing to work with that I enjoy using. <laughs> Very cool. So does this uh like when it says cross platform, is it producing Electron or is it actually um produced to that system? It's produced to that system. Um, wow. I believe it can also produce to Wasm. Um, oh, so you could run it in the browser or run it on desktop or whatever. Do you have uh, a live version of the Tetris app? No, it's so broken right now. <laughs> <laughs> like I would totally play that. I'm like halfway through it and I'm like uh, learning Bevy on my way as well. So it's oh. like in this half broken state. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, next pick, SWC project. Yeah, so SWC. I'm I'm a huge. Um, I guess what it was the term bearish. Like I'm I'm very pro. Uh, I think that a lot of tools are going to be written in uh, languages like Rust, targeting uh, JavaScript developers, right? So like Toast is one of those things where you don't have to write any Rust, but you can write your app like you would in Next or Gatsby with JavaScript, and it's all powered by Rust, which various uh, useful things for that. But SWC is like the Rust version of Babel. So okay. it's quite a bit faster. Um, it's quite nice to work with uh, if you are interested in that kind of thing, like building JavaScript tools for, uh, or like in Rust for JavaScript developers. This is definitely a project you should be aware of. Wow. It sounds like you're bearish on uh, Rust in general as much as you've uh, all your picks, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely am. Um, I think I've, I've spent the last year working with Rust um, in a more primary capacity. And I think that the, the compiler error messages are uh, very similar to those of Elm, if you've ever seen those. Uh, they're quite known for being like very user-friendly. Whereas like if you've ever used TypeScript or uh, Low or uh, any type systems like that, you might end up with like uh, this really long kind of generic filled uh, error message. And you're like, I don't know what I did wrong. Not readable. <laughs> Can somebody so, help me with this? <laughs> it's so bad. Like I, we're using TypeScript in, in Next, and it'll come up, and I'm like, I can't read that. I'll just look at the code. Like the, yeah. the error messages are just like paragraphs. I'm like, no. Just yeah. Red squiggly. Just tell me where the problem is. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The Rust Rust compiler uh, does something even better, and it gives you like a hey, you could use this snippet of code to fix this problem. Oh, at the bottom that of the is error wonderful. Message. That is wonderful. <laughs> So I'm extremely pro uh, Rust, especially for people who write JavaScript. Uh, I'll have to dive in some more on that. I just, I don't want to go back to the days where I was, you know, writing Java to get JavaScript pages out and mm. like Google's, what, Google Developer Kit or whatever it used to be. Like, that was <laughs> awful. I, I don't want to go back to it. So that's the only reason I haven't like checked out most of these Rust things. But now you've, you've, uh, you've got me going on it. Take to the interest. So third pick for Chris is salsa. What yeah, is salsa, this? Other than is other than a wonderful chip dip, what is it? Also spicy. a wonderful chip dip. True. <laughs> yes. I don't know. You could probably put it on toast too. I guess I don't know. <laughs> Clever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I named it toast for the food joke. Avocado so I salsa make one, uh... <laughs> toast. I mean, all goes together. Uh, what is it? Uh, Jason Langsdorf was like, "You should call the view version of toast avocado toast." Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, jokes would never so, <laughs> just to make sure he gets credit for that amazing joke nice. um, but yeah so salsa is um, a lot of projects talk about like incremental compilation um, salsa is an incremental computation library it is not um, so like Gatsby's version of incremental builds is something that you can only get on Gatsby cloud and you have to pay for right like incremental builds is a product name or like Next has incremental static regeneration, which refers to a very specific set of functionality. Um, this is something that is built into Toast, and it means that we get like function level incremental compilation uh, for everything for the entire project. So wow. uh, it's a really cool project. It's built into Rust Analyzer. Um, you won't know what Rust Analyzer is unless you start using rust so i'll leave that for as an exercise to the reader as it were nice. for the listener very um, cool. but this is a very fun project um and i'm i'm super uh super impressed by the rest community and what they come up with awesome no oh, thanks for the picks 
Brittany, I'm gonna I'm gonna have you go next. Okay. Your first one is build a toast site using MDX and Tailwind. What's yeah. this all about? Who are these guys? This kind of touches a little bit on everything that we talked about today. So I wanted this to be one of my perfect picks just because um, Learn With Jason is great. He puts out these little tutorial videos with a guest usually every week or twice a week sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, Chris was on there and did uh, his new framework, Toast, and it uses MDX and Tailwind, which we're also using in Coding Cat Dev. So I thought that was a good thing for the listeners to go if they wanted to check out more about Toast and MDX and Tailwind. So that is that pick. Very cool. And my actual perfect pick today is going to be the Party Corgi Network, which is our Discord, Chris's Discord server that all of us are on. But it is an amazing community of content creators that, um, I don't know, it's very friendly, welcoming community. And everybody is nice. And it's a great place to be. And we have cool tanks. Oh, and the tank top that Chris is wearing today. (laughs) You can buy that, yes. I don't know, but I think we're going to have to make a tank top with AJ on it. <laughs> For the coding <laughs> I need to get a party corgi tank. I got to get in on that. It's still available, I think. I don't know what the streamers is, but we probably oh, should uh, talk about it. Yeah. You want me to talk about it? Brittany, sure, Brittany yeah. Is, I think. Go ahead. <laughs> talk about uh, it. What's, what's streamers all about? Yeah, sure. So we have a role in uh, party corgi. Um, which I, I always refer to as kind of our Discord, by the way, Brittany. Uh, I know you mentioned that before. But um, like streamers is a role in the Discord where if you are somebody who live streams code, you can get that role. And then you kind of are like recognized in the community as somebody who is putting in the practice to sort of uh, get better and show other people how to how to code and things like that. Um, it can be scary. So that's good. That's, that's yeah. good to uh, have those people. Yeah, for sure. So that's that list. Um, unfortunately, we haven't built out the functionality to get the list out of Discord and onto the website, but uh, hopefully we'll do that soon. <laughs> Too many other projects going on. <laughs> I've uh, I've been trying to switch over to do some more live streaming on uh, Twitch, and it's like, you know, there's so many places these days. I don't know yeah. how to keep up, and they, they switched everything over to, like, affiliate, and um, I don't know what their next level is, um, publisher or something like that. And it's so difficult to like build that up. I'm like, hey, go to Twitch. And there's like two people. And I'm like, oh, I'll just stick with YouTube. Like, this is so hard to build a community back around. Yeah, I think that um, especially when it comes to Twitch, uh, building a community on Twitch is incredibly difficult because the algorithms and the pages that they show you to like show new streamers or to get like new content out. Yeah. Um, deprioritizes anybody that doesn't already have an audience. Yeah, it seems so, brutal to me. That's disappointing. It's pretty brutal, but all it means is that you have to take like your Twitter audience and bring them over to Twitch if you want to yeah. do that. Or take your YouTube audience and bring it over to Twitch. Like YouTube didn't always have live streaming, but they do. Yeah. So. Cool. I'll jump into my picks. A couple that came up um, actually from listening to Syntax. So shout out to Syntax for uh, showing me these. Um, Circle.so, it seems pretty neat. I haven't delved completely into it, but if you're looking to build up a community site, um, it looks it looks neat because you're going to, instead of like being inside of Discord, inside of kind of air quotes inside of, but um, it'll leave more of kind of what you've done out in the web and searchable and Googleable. Um, but yeah, it, it seems pretty sweet. We're going to keep diving into it, but... A lot of what they're doing out here, we plan on implementing within Coding Cat as well. So just uh, another place to go check out and hopefully we can snag some ideas off of here as well. We want to do some of these live sessions um, directly off the website instead of having to go out to all these different platforms to try to pull people in. Is, is Circle like they give you your own public website to do this on? So that's the part I don't know yet. I just started the 14-day trial. Uh, when, did, when did I ping you about this, Brittany? Like two days ago? Yesterday, maybe? Yeah, a couple days ago, I think. I was like, we need this in our site. It's <laughs> as far as I've gotten. Sorry. <laughs> it's definitely a solid kickstart. I've seen it before. Uh, I haven't used it myself, but it definitely seems like uh, like instead of taking the like indie hackers route where you build all the software yourself, yep. this seems like the better better route for people starting out. Yeah. yeah, for sure. 
cool. Uh, the next one, uh, again, syntax, listening to him all the time. Uh, so this is Spline, and it's a Wasm um, product. But so it, from what I've seen, you think about like Figma and what it's doing, this feels like it's like a level on top of that. So you're probably Illustrator or not Illustrator, probably Adobe Animation or something like that. You can start to do directly in here. There's a lot of 3D projects that um, I've worked on since I've been in the office furniture manufacturing space for a decade. Um, we do a lot of this type of stuff, but never on the web because it was too performance heavy. Mm-hmm. But now like everyone's trying to like lay out furniture and, and put things in virtually in your home to be able to do this on the web and just drop it in. It looks phenomenal if you ask me. So I've clicked around. I haven't gotten very far on this one either, but definitely a pick worth uh, digging into. That looks really awesome. I am. So to use Chris's word, a little bearish on, on uh Wassum. Like I, I think mm. the next five years, things are going to be taken off on that side too. Yeah, especially for that computation-intensive kind of workload. Like Figma is already doing this, Spline is doing this, and you can see the results right here. They're they're pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, super fast, cool. Uh, and that is everything I have. Unless you guys have anything else at this time. Awesome, I'm getting a lot of head shakes. That's that's <laughs> always a good thing. Um. Yeah, loved having you on, Chris. I love party, party Corgi. I've been on and off over the years, and now I realize I just need to be on all the time. So <laughs> now that we both live in Discord, it's a little bit easier. Thanks yeah. so much again. Thanks so much for uh, talking about MDX. It's yeah, thanks for having here. me. Thank you for joining us.